Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Ben. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, Our poor senior editor, James Jenkins, was off sick last week. He was. So I edited the podcast for the first time in a while. And you know sometimes you just sort of get lost in your files... Yeah, like you, you start finding things like old photos, and you're like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, I remember that." Mm-hmm. I still have the first recording that we ever did uh, before we even. I mean, we should have. I should have dug it out for the 100th episode, really. But there's a bit of recording before we actually started the episode, and it's Adam setting us up with the camera, oh. and we just ask him, "So, uh, we ju- we just calling it the Triple Jump Podcast?" Then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And that was that was it. That was a question that needed to be asked. Apparently, we're just calling it the Triple Jump Podcast. Just calling it the Triple Jump Podcast, right? And he yeah. just made the decision there and then while we were. Oh, oh was he was asking us? Or no, who? we were asking we him. Were asking we didn't him. know. Like, we didn't do know we what we were going to call it. Triple Jump Video Game Pod. No, just tri- this, just the Triple Jump Podcast. Fine. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Can and do. That's it. And then we were flying. We've had an intro pretty much identical to this one for a hundred and. Nine episodes. Oh, that's uh, just too many. Too many. It's a lot, um, isn't it? For most of those, Ben, we have mm. been sponsored by very real companies. We have, um, yeah. They don't tend to stick around. It's been different ones almost every time, but don't mm. worry about that. And uh, this week, I have got the sponsor. Um, it's a delicious, tasty new treat on the way to all snack shops near you. <laughs> Yeah, you know there's snack snack shops, specialized shops that just sell snacks. Um, yes, I do know. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a, an interesting piece of uh, offal, let's say, that has oh. been repurposed into a delicious bite-sized snack that comes in a nice packet. Uh, you can have the tasty eyeball of someone who slays huge creatures for a living. Hmm. Yum yum, coming soon. Mm. Mm. Monster Hunter eyes. Oh. Mm. Mm. Monster does Hunter that, eyes. Does that pair well 
with Monster Hunter Rice? Uh, it might do. Yeah, yeah, could do. That that one's not real though. Sorry to to pull your leg there. Monster Hunter Rice isn't real. Yeah, good pun. I like that. I wish, <laughs> it was yeah. I wish I'd thought of something like that. But, Monster uh, Hunter Monster Hunter Eyes though. Monster Hunter Eyes. Yeah. Uh, sound sound delicious. What sort of nutritional value do they have? Are they actual eyes or are they like off of nineties? children's advertising and they're, they're, it's like fake blood and it's just tomato Whoa. ketchup dyed uh, green or whatever. No, they are real eyes. Um, oh. They are delicious. They contain all of your uh, one eye a day as recommended by doctors. Oh my God, is that recommended by doctors? It is, yeah. I'm so far behind. Well, when they say one a day, they, it's quite important that you don't have more than one a day actually because oh. if you have two or more it, you, you could die you could, it you replaces could your regular instantly. eyes yeah they just sort of change into monster hunter eyes um, I hear that oh people God. across the world took time off from work in order to go out and buy a, their first packet of monster hunter eyes you would yeah uh, to, to enjoy it you would so, want to do that that's great um, the only reason you might not want to do that of course is because it would be a shame to waste one of your days of annual leave on a fake product no you got me oh i got you flipping heck that was a good one i really thought that was real i'm so sorry i was very concerned that that i was going to have to go to the gp and say doctor doctor my i have not been eating my eyes my daily eyes Um, terrible would have been terrible they'd have laughed me out of there they would have done yeah awful well, no, that is not a real sponsor, but I tell you who are real sponsors, the patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you get access to the podcast question post and you can submit questions for this podcast. We had a weirdly huge amount of questions this week. Oh, lots of new faces, lots of returning old faces. I don't know why everyone came out of the woodwork, but I want to thank you all. It was lovely to see. That's nice. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, we've. I wanted to include a lot of new names, but a lot of the new names actually ask questions uh, regarding topics that we have sort of covered before. Uh, yeah, so I do problem. want to encourage you to not be put off and please continue to submit questions. It was lovely to see so many people asking stuff. So do do return next Tuesday when Thank we you. will be asking for more questions. But mm. uh, there we are. Also, it's a bank holiday this weekend, isn't it, in the UK? Yes. Yeah. So lots of people will be relaxing, hopefully, Maxing. inside. Uh, yeah. Maybe in the sun, if the sun's back out. Who knows? Question I don't, mark. I don't think it's supposed to be, actually, this weekend. I think it oh. we it came, like, three days early. It was re- it's been really nice this week, hasn't it? Time of recording. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Unbearable, actually, in this flat. But, yeah, pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Pretty nice. Peter... Yeah. Where are we walking today in the oh, video version of this podcast? I forgot this week. <laughs> Gotta do that. Um, perhaps uh, in, in just in the sun. Just enjoying the sunshine for Easter. Have we walked in the sun? Oh, okay. Just in the sun. I was going to say, I think we've walked on the surface of the sun before, maybe. Well, we may have done, but I, I just think in a nice sort of meadow or, I don't yeah, know, that sounds in the garden. Nice. We've yeah. already walked on the Windows XP hill, I think. Right, okay, we can't but do that not, one. But not that one, a different one, different yeah. hill. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's time for question one. What we got? Uh, this is from Carrie Buchter, uh, who says, Hello, lovely boys. That's got a capital B on it as well. Oh, boys. 
I really like uh, I really like the Dance Central slash Just Dance games, but I rarely tell anyone I play them out of fear of being thought dorky. Well, Carrie, you've just told hundreds of people. <laughs> You're big dork. Thousands, Peter. You big thousands, dork. Sorry, you big dork, Carrie. Big, big dork. We dork. got her. We got her. She was she was raw and opened herself up, and we ridiculed her just like good people for the thing that she likes. Yeah. Are there any games that you are embarrassed about playing, or conversely, secretly laugh at others for playing? Not hurtfully, of course. <laughs> no, of course not. Everyone's entitled to their own gaming proclivities. If there's blossoms bloomed, this was all concerned. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. And of course, you. You all, all the power to you. Enjoy mm. your dance games. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I mean, to answer the second part of the question first, are there any games mm. or genres that I secretly laugh at? Um, I don't think there really are. There are genres that I don't particularly like. You know, I've talked in the past about not liking MOBAs, for example. Um, but there aren't really any that I would sort of ridicule other people for playing. I think the closest that I could come to that is that I really, really don't understand dating sim games. And mm-hmm. I, again, I would never ridicule anyone for playing one. Um, I know you played the KFC one. On oh, stream. yeah, I did. But that sort of took the piss out of itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I don't get the appeal. I don't... I just I don't understand it and I I find it a bit strange that I don't mean strange like creepy I just find it very just odd that someone would get like that someone would thoroughly enjoy that cuz they're not even cuz they if if it was like cutscene based I would be a bit more interested if it was like just actually animated with CG or whatever but it, it, it tends to just be uh you know PNGs of characters who occasionally pull a different facial expression and then right. a text box comes up you know, it's it's quite still and static and like a I, visual novel yeah exactly i just don't i don't get that at all um but you know more power to anyone who likes those things i'm sure you think the things that i like are silly oh, um, dragons stupid stupid oh, dragon purple God, dragons, dragons even worse yeah well hilarious actually so that's that's kind of what I was thinking though is that I was trying to work out if there's anything I'm embarrassed about playing. I don't think right. there really is to be honest. I think I'm normally quite frank about my proclivities. Hmm. But if anything I'd probably I'm more embarrassed by the fact that I talk about a lot of game the same games over and over again and I go back and play them over and over again I'm more embarrassed about my narrow horizons when it comes to <laughs> games rather than anything specific you know that just um, makes you an expert in that area though that's true you know uh, in some ways I don't mind it at all but equally I kind of feel like oh I should really get out there and play more stuff rather than go back and play you know wh- whatever it is for mm. the hundredth time Um I did try to think of some actual answers, though, and the best I could come up with was there was a time, a brief period in the kind of... it. it there have been peaks and troughs, but I think Minecraft for a time became quite uh, a, a game that you would only really play secretly um, In if you're in our demographic. like I think it was initially quite popular and it was okay to play, and I think it's become that again now. Uh, but I think... You know, a few years ago, it was a bit more, this is only for 13-year-old boys and girls. And if you play it, you are a 13-year-old boy and girl. Um, so Maybe I am. Maybe I am. So I don't think that counts anymore, but that was one. And uh, I also, initially, 
when lockdown started, I uh, I had a new phone at the time. And I quite often, when I get a new phone, I go through a phase of playing a few mobile games and then I immediately get bored of the novelty of the new phone and never play them ever again. Right. And I played a lot of Candy Crush when we first went into lockdown. Like, I've played hours of it. In the morning, I'd get up, use all my lives. I never spent a penny on it, of course. You never mentioned this. Haven't I? Did I no, not talk about this? No, this, maybe this is, there's some truth to you being perhaps a little ashamed of this one then. Yeah, You've I think I was. You've never spoken to me about Candy Crush. Yeah, I, I played I played it loads in sort of April time, uh, in that nice spring that we had where it was really sunny and warm all the time. I would mm-hmm. wake up in the morning, open the curtains, I'd lie in bed before I got up for breakfast, and uh, I would just play Candy Crush until I ran out of lives. And I was quite good at it, so quite often I'd be there for like an hour before, <laughs> before I got up. Um, Excellent. It's just got that addictive dopamine thing, hasn't it? It's quite well made. Yeah. Uh, in that sense so there we go maybe Candy Crush is my biggest answer of all oh well there uh, we are you you embarrassed about anything got any confessions guilty pleasures yeah well it's it'll be platinum trophy games for me the yeah really really easy one although really easy ones although the ones that are designed for platinum trophies specifically the one I'm going to name check here is My Name is Mayo which is where you tap a jar of mayonnaise over and over again, and you just have to press X or square or whatever it is on your controller, and then the left analog stick moves your hand around and you just tap on a jar of mayonnaise, and you slowly unlock trophies. Mm -hmm. That game is is taking the mick out of you, because it knows why you're there, and... (laughs) I am sort of ashamed. I am ashamed that I have that platinum trophy. There is also a My Name is Mayo 2 now. But it was so absurd that it sort of told a story as it unfolded. You unlocked new, I think, styles of mayonnaise jar. And I think at some point you tapped something other than a mayonnaise jar. And there were like weird, there was like a weird little meta narrative that went along with you tapping this jar over and over again. Okay. Um, you tap it a certain amount, you unlock a new costume or whatever new location right and that's probably the closest thing to a sort of a a game or or a series that i would be ashamed of i think is is every so often just dumping five pounds on a digital storefront and getting like six terrible games (laughs) yeah like in platinum in 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 half an hour each or whatever uh but in terms of another genre that i sort of look down on i don't think there is one just like you like i would i don't think i would laugh at someone else's gaming choices because you know all the power to them Mm. but i do follow a couple of people on twitter who very excitedly tweet about niche japanese series that i've never heard of right and it is a bit sort of like it's a bit weeby yeah like they're talking about and i know this is a big series and a lot of people listening to this may actually like it so again i don't mean anything by this (laughs) but seeing people viscerally react to the to the uh, announcement of a new tales of game for example right yeah and like talk about characters and their extensive vinyl collective uh, collectors figures uh, collections and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like oh man i can't imagine getting into a fandom that deep that is so niche yeah uh, it's great that they've they're they're in it and the reason they're posting about this stuff is clearly because other people like it too but as a complete outsider, watching that stuff unfold is just... Com- it's its total Greek to me. Like, I just don't understand yeah. what on earth they're talking about or why it's so exciting when it does, to me, an uneducated observer, look like the most generic 
Japanese fantasy experience you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like JRPGs, uh, but there are certain areas where I won't go, and it's always fascinating. Not funny, or not something to be mocked. No, but it's always fascinating to watch someone who's really into it talk about it passionately, passionately, because it is just bewildering to me. Yeah, this is definitely something that I mean, we I think we would always encourage people to. Um, take to the comments and maybe give your own thoughts on any of the questions we get asked mm-hmm. on this podcast. But this is one I'm really interested to uh, hear about from the audience. Like, is there anything that you think is a little, little bit strange? Anything that Ben and I talk about liking in the we, that we've mentioned before that we we we're a big fan of? Do you think is uh, something that is a bit you know you don't get? I'd love to know. It's entirely possible. Look, everyone's entitled to their own proclivities. Everyone's got different tastes, and that's okay. Do your dancing. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. Well, it's time to dance on over to another section, Peter. That's absolutely right. It's time for the section called (gasps) What We Play In. Ooh. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about what we are playing. Peter, what you are playing. Uh, I am Peter, and I am been playing um, at the at the top end of the week, um, or well, over the weekend, and on Monday, I played more Haven Call of the King end game um, in the hopes of getting myself in a position that I could stream it and give people just a whistle stop tour of the long, difficult, slightly tedious uh, stuff that you have to do in order to unlock a tiny little bit more of the ending. As it turned out, it's so long and tedious that even with several hours of downtime uh, gameplay, uh, offline gameplay, uh, when not streaming, I still wasn't able to get myself in a decent enough position that I'd be able to like finish it all on stream. So what I'm saying is I spent several hours doing that in, in my own time and then didn't end up streaming Haven in the end. Oh, um no. Played some scribble noughts. Um, so that's that's how that went. Uh, I had fun, but, you know, I've done it before and I wouldn't have done it again for fun. I was only mm. doing it for work purposes and then it, it wasn't required in the end. So, right, uh, right. You know. um, but the only other game I've actually played this week uh, uh, is more scribble noughts, in fact. I uh, after I was finished streaming it, um, I I just went back to some previous levels and thought, how can I do this in different ways? Because that's the thing about that game: lots of different solutions to simple puzzles. Um, mm. And I like to play that game very facetiously. The audience get involved and suggest very silly solutions. The number of times we have solved someone's predicament using a beaver um, is quite oh. astounding, really. Um, a versatile creature. A very, very versatile creature. You can use it as a tool to sort of destroy things. It sort of counts as a cute animal for people who've lost their pet or whatever. Uh, it's got legs and arms, and that can be enough. Sometimes people just need something that's got legs. Um, so just beavers are the way to go, everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a wonderful game, and... I. I only really ended up playing it on my stream the other days because, as I say, uh, I wasn't going to play Haven. And I thought, well, what can I do? I don't want to start a whole new game that's going to take me, like, six streams to complete. And then I realized 
It's been, I don't know if you noticed this, Ben, although it kind of makes sense given that we've been in lockdown for a year now. Uh, it's been a year since we've been streaming from home. Yeah. Um, so last week, I think, at time of recording, last week was uh, the anniversary of certainly my streams from home. I can't remember if we started at this in the in the same week. Um, I think but, I might have been the week before just because yeah. I came back earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. An entire year. Um, so, and that was the first game I played from home. Uh, so I thought, well, let's let's get that out again. But uh, it was nice to go back to it. And <laughs> almost as soon as I'd gone offline from the stream, I thought, I don't really want to stop playing this right now. Yeah, I could go for a bit more of that. So I carried on. It's uh, It always surprises you, that game. Sometimes I type in the wrong thing by accident, and then it still works as a solution because of <laughs> some strange... Uh, Abiba. Property. Yeah, Abiba. Um, there was one time, this was on stream actually, but uh, where I was playing and in the subway station, there were these puddles on the floor and someone was going, someone's going to slip on these puddles if we don't get rid of them. Uh, spawn something in to dry up the puddles. And it, you know, the obvious thing would be a mop or a towel or Juan Sheet Dos Plenty or something like that. But... Mm-hmm. The audience, I think it was the audience, maybe it was my idea. Someone suggested we spawn in an elephant. Um, I don't think we, so you can add adjectives as well, but I don't think we even had to say thirsty elephant. I think we might have just got an elephant. And immediately it walked over to the puddles and sucked them up and we completed the the thing. So I don't really understand how they've put all of this logic into every object in the game so that they can interact in convenient ways like that. Because how did it know? That it should go and drink the puddle. It just Is knew. The elephant sentient. Yeah. Do we need some way to get the elephant out of the game because it's trapped? It's stuck in there and it's absolutely parched. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so those are the only two things I've uh, actually played this week. It being a shorter week, I've uh, been working in some of my evenings as well. Mm. So uh, yeah. What about you? What have you been Fantastic. playing? I have been well into the Persona JRPGs again. Yeah. But this time I finished off Persona 5 Strikers. And uh, on reflection, it's a great game. And I really enjoyed it. It's definitely not... Obviously, it's not not a patch on the original Persona 5. Very different kind of game. Story very linear. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of along for the ride. So much so, in fact, that because they like to talk for so long about various things i would save up and this is not like a a criticism of the game necessarily but i think you'll 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 understand a lot about it from what i'm about to say i would save up chores to do around the the flat until they would start a big old chat sesh Mm -hmm. i would stick on my headphones put my controller in my pocket and just do chores and listen to it right because i had better things to be doing with my time than sitting there (laughs) just watching dialogue and every time i would hear the shing noise where it was letting me make a dialogue decision again because it's so linear the dialogue options have no bearing apart from maybe one reaction line if you if you say you're an idiot whoa don't call me an idiot that's not very nice and then they move on you know they just carry on with what they were going to say anyway right um so every time i would hear the shing noise i would just press x and pick the first option and from context immediately understand what i'd because <laughs> usually it was just an affirmation of some kind like Yes, this this is a good idea, and or something like that, or maybe we should do it later, 
or I don't want to do it now. Can we do it later? It's all the same thing. It's all the mm-hmm. same option. Yeah. So very linear. Um, I like a couple, you know, there's there's a few new characters and I do like them on the whole. There's one in particular who I found kind of annoying. Um, but I think that's just sort of the the Japanese, <clears throat> excuse me, the Japanese-ness of the game shining through where it's like, why have you, why is there, why have you created another mascot character in a game that already has a cat? Why have you done that? I don't need that. The cat was sort of a bit of bitter pill to swallow anyway, but he's quite surly. I didn't need a mascot character that was super cutesy, like, ooh, I don't I'm I'm so innocent and don't understand anything about like it's such a stereotype mm-hmm. that it was sort of like her entire arc was immediately obvious as soon as I started the game. <laughs> and I just I was just powerless to but to, you know, just watch it unfold. Um, but the the combat was really good fun, and I did really enjoy it, and I'm glad I played it. More Persona 5, um, albeit in a very different gameplay style, and as I said, far more linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really enjoyable, and it is going to be a bit of a tricky adjustment. It, it certainly took me a while to get into it, uh, coming straight off Persona 5 Royal. But I'm glad I played it, and I did enjoy it, and I would recommend it, and the music, the new music in it is fantastic, and it's great seeing all these characters again. And I am now grinding for that platinum. Right. Which means replaying the same optional boss fight over and over and over and over again to level something up. Oh, you so, can't do that while you're doing the chores, sadly. No, no, I can't. But this is a different kind of tedious where I just put something on the t- like on the TV or on my mm. laptop and just watch it while I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So that's what my bank holiday weekend has in store. Wow. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get that platinum. I did enjoy the game and I want to get it. Uh, apart from that, Persona 4 Golden finished that off as well following my guide. What a fantastic game. I must say, I I think Persona 5 is a better game all round. Uh, well, pretty much in every sense. But I do prefer the I prefer the characters in Persona 4 Golden. I prefer right. your classmates in that game to Persona 5. I think Persona 5 is still excellent, obviously. But I do, I do prefer... I do. I, I. It's not just nostalgia. Having replayed it, you know, this year, it's. Uh, I think it does a lot of stuff right, and uh, in many ways, I do prefer it to Persona Five. Oh, uh, okay. But now begins New Game Plus and continuing to follow the guide and hopefully closing in on the platinum in that game as well. I picked two massive games to platinum. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. But apart from that, a little bit of Minecraft. And a tiny bit of Warzone, and that's that's me. What are you, some sort of thirteen-year-old boy or girl? I think playing so, Minecraft. Yeah. Clearly, I am. Yeah. Ashamed. Clearly. Wonderful. Well, it's time to move on to another question. Yes, this comes from Lachlan Creeley. Did we get a pronunciation guide to that first name? I believe it's L- Lachlan. Lachlan. Uh, only, I mean, based on someone else I knew with the same name, but yeah. Okay. Hey fellas, my question is, do you think that with many recent AAA releases coming out in worse and worse states, such as Cyberpunk, that there should be some kind of independent quality assurance reviewers uh, quality assurance reviewers to play the games before proper launch to make sure mistakes like Cyberpunk never happen again? Like a few little bugs here and there is alright, but releasing a game uh, like that with so many glitches and bugs is just wrong. Thanks guys, keep up the amazing content. Thank you very much, Lachlan, for that question. Um... I mean, I mean, it it sounds sounds nice. This lovely utopia where we're able to have these these independent reviewers, but 
sadly that I just don't think that could or would ever work. It not in the sense that there's this like true like actual quality assurance body in charge mm. of checking all games. I mean video game reviewers who work in the press obviously have a similar role but not necessarily in a way that's being described in the question. Um and of course all of these studios uh have their own QA teams and I think it's easy for people to um kind of think oh well pff, fat load of good they, these QA people did uh with for example Cyberpunk because you know look at the state of it how did all these things slip past the the testers and I think some of it comes down to the fact that the moment a game is released suddenly the sample size grows by tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands uh, of people playing these games. And you're going to find things there that just weren't found in QA. I mean, you probably have a better uh, understanding of this than most, Ben, in that you did did a bit of that yourself once upon a time. I did, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I don't know exactly how the process works. I've, I've heard you describe it before. But... Um, you know, there's only there's only so much that can be found with the usual like in-house stuff, and uh, there's going to be. I mean, I must. I've got to believe that some of this stuff was occurring when they tested the game before release. I can't imagine that it all just suddenly came out afterwards, and they were like, "Whoa, hang hang on, this didn't happen when we tested the game." Like, clearly, corners were cut, and sadly, they had, they had to ship it with some. Uh, bugs that they were aware of but um, it's uh, as as nice as it would be to have some kind of quality assurance board for video games um, I, I don't know how that would work or if it would if it would be possible at all um, mm. I, I guess the closest you could get to an independent quality assurance thing is uh, you know um, the fact that when these things are released on a platform, so like if a game goes out on PlayStation, for example, it has to go through Sony, right? As well as like Sony have to kind of green light it and say, yes, this can go on our console. Is that that's my understanding? Yeah, they do. But it's it tends not to be so much a case of does the game work obviously it has to work they don't look at bugs it's a no. it's a case of are you following our very strict playstation rules like in terms of you trophies or you, it, precisely it's that content, kind of stuff yeah, like are yeah. your trophy images the right size that kind of nonsense so. no no well that's what i mean by that's the that's the closest you get to that which is not very yeah. close at all really it's it it goes through an independent some independent checks but not for not for the kind of stuff that we would like it to be uh, checked for in the case of, for example, Cyberpunk. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Thoughts? With, with Cyberpunk, it's pre- it's been pretty widely... Um, I'm trying to think of the term now. Reported. There we are. Mm. That was hard. Why was that hard? <laughs> it's been pretty widely reported that the QA team were extremely aware of all the issues and right. the, the vast majority of the developers, if not all of them, knew the state the game uh, was in but it was higher-ups that forced it through and pushed it through. Publishing pressure. Um, they knew what was going on, and they mm. still put it out. Uh, so, And they even, in fact, in a subsequent apology statement, <clears throat> rather than fully taking the blame themselves, and they received a lot of criticism, rightly so, for this, threw their own QA team under the bus 
And it was like, well, hang on. You can't blame the QA team if they were reporting the issues to you and you refuse to act on it. Yeah, That's not their fault. That's not what they do. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you are right in that a an independent uh, quality control, quality assurance board would be wildly impractical just because of the sheer volume of games that are released all the time. There is no way that a company could be set up to play through a game in the sort of with the with the level of scrutiny needed to pick up these kinds of issues. Mm. Uh, so you need to rely on companies to self-regulate and look at this stuff. And there are somewhat independent systems in place uh, that companies can bring in. So there yeah. are independent reviewing uh, companies that that most developers and publishers use. It's sort of a, an industry standard. I was, and this sounds like absolute BS, but I talked to you about it at the time, Peter. So you can back me up. I was chatting to a guy who works for PlayStation at a party, yes, and yeah. uh, it was around the time that Spider Man was coming out in 2018, and he just he he just said like, "Well, we've done some internal testing." Uh, we've got, you know, we've had a review company come in and it's it's testing at about uh, mid-80s thereabouts. And what do you know, that's pretty much exactly where it landed on Metacritic in the yeah. end. So these companies are aware. They they do their research. They know how these games are going to go down. Any And obviously, you know, the smaller the game, the less likely this is, like a, an indie game, for example. But certainly on a scale of a, on the scale of a game like Cyberpunk, they knew what they were dealing with and they did not act on it. And that that's on them. Uh, thankfully, a lot, especially during these these unprecedented times, a lot of companies are going about it the right way. We've seen a lot of uh, delays this year. Yeah. Companies wanting to do things right, not just because they don't want to overwork their staff and obviously the complications uh, put in place by COVID and working remotely, but also in the wake of cyberpunk. Nobody wants to repeat that. Not a single person. Um, so it either goes one of two ways really generally speaking it's either very difficult if a game comes out and it's sort of it's buggered basically it's either because it's very difficult to turn the ship around at the last minute Mm. that that very rarely happens the most recent case of that would be halo infinite with microsoft where they did just at the last minute decide okay we need to delay this and what do you know the perhaps the marketing deals that microsoft have made would probably ruin a company that that wasn't worth trillions of dollars because you're seeing all these halo branded energy drinks there was a halo branded pizza deal in the uk there's even now there's a halo uh brand of pringles in yeah. the states so all these marketing deals were made and then there's no halo game it's because but the they... game should be out right now and it's not exactly so that's why a lot of companies if they are stuck to a release date regardless of the state of their game they sort of have to go with it unless you're a microsoft and you can afford to take that hit yeah alternatively it's a cd project red where it's greed and they just don't care and Mm -hmm. and that's how it works but the point is they know how their games are coming together they need to self-regulate and make sure they're up to scratch they have a qa team a lot of the time perhaps they will farm it out to a to an external studio but even so they know what that means that means just better communication you need to check on what that team is doing and what they're reporting and act on it and also if you are getting these internal reviewing companies to come in and test your game when it's nearly finished then you know how it's going to be received and you can make a decision there and then but companies are ultimately and developers and publishers are responsible for the game that goes out 
and they shouldn't be allowed to lie to you in the advertising. That's probably something yeah. that should be given precedent in terms of uh, protecting consumers is making sure that they're not they're not lying to you because they do all the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, that might be the only. That's that's the where you start to get into territory with this question where something, uh, some kind of independent um, t- decisions might have to be made or people step in if it becomes a growing problem where games are released to the point that they are, um, that they warrant refunds and, uh, and that the product ends up being removed from the store because it's it's we can't go on selling this you know at that point you might start to if it becomes a an ongoing issue with more and more games mm-hmm. then maybe at some point these I, I i don't know it's still impractical on when you think about it in the bigger picture like who who would who would be in charge of this independent board and so on but yeah. uh you know i can sort of see storefronts or something being like look we're not just checking now whether your trophies look right or whether you know you're following the xbox terms of service we we don't want to sell your product unless it's like not completely buggy um but but how would you verify that how yeah exactly it's apart from test internally and then ramp up the prices for certification as a result which will then which will then keep smaller developers off the platform because they can't afford that yeah exactly it's just a it's it's an idea that doesn't actually work in practice so yeah. um yeah maybe some sort of spin-off from the esrb or something similar that will yeah again not not check not play your game intensely um and 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 check it for bugs because who has the time mm. you know they they don't i don't think there's many people who work at the esrb anyway <laughs> Yeah. Uh but yeah, that that would just be impractical given the the volume of games that release and um maybe just some sort of watchdog yeah, that just keeps yeah. keeps an eye on. Well, you know what? The backlash to this was justified because your marketing for the past 7 years or however long it was is is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um and and is does not match the product that you ended up releasing. So, big old fine for you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's a strange world that we're picturing here. It's a sort of it s- somewhat utopian because the the bugs might be reduced, but also dystopian in that there's some kind of big brother who's in charge of game quality. Um, but in any case, whether utopian or dystopian, certainly weird, certainly a yes, weird image. It's a bit strange. Do you have your picture? A bit strange. Yeah, got it. yeah. It's time for weird news. Oh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's Weird News time. Welcome to Weird News. Peter, have you got some weird video game news for me? I'm so excited to share this one with you. It's um, I've returned to the homeland of Kotaku. I've not, I've not sourced news from Kotaku for a few weeks, as far as I remember. I wanted to try and mix it up, but we're back. And okay. we're, we're here with a big story um, right. in more ways than one. This is by Ian Walker, um, who reports that Looney Tunes Gasha game. Gasha, G A C H A. Gacha, Gasha. Oh, Gacha, Gacha. Ga- I think it's yeah. It's like got Gotcha kind of. Gacha. It's like a toy. It's a toy yeah, thing, isn't it's it? It's a Japanese yeah thingy. Yeah. yeah. Is it Gacha? I did. I, I was think it's won- wondering how it was said. Uh, Gacha. Gacha. <laughs> what is the? What is that? Sounds doesn't doesn't sound right. No, it uh, doesn't. Looney Tunes Gacha game. Exhumes the corpse of Big Chungus. Oh. Um, I'm just going to send you the accompanying image via Slack. Okay. For your benefit. There he is. Let's see. Huh. It's weird seeing him rendered in actual art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Remember Big Chungus? He's back in gacha form. (laughs) Looney Tunes World of Mayhem is a mobile game in the vein of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes and Marvel Strike Force that apparently launched in 2018. I say apparently because I only just heard about it today, which I suppose is the reason... I suppose is the reason the developers are trotting out a dead meme to raise its profile. There's then an embedded tweet from at Looney Tunes WOM, official verified account, uh, where it, it says, your world may not be ready for him, but our world of mayhem is. And Whoa. then there's a video of Big Chungus peeping out from behind a globe. Um, and it's really quite horrifying. The article continues... As with many popular online oddities, Big Chungus's origins are simple. He's basically a chubby Bugs Bunny, lifted from a short sequence in the 1941 cartoon Wabbit Twubble, in which the wascally Wabbit mocks perennial rival Elmer Fudd's appearance. The word Chungus, on the other hand, has its origins in the videos of gaming critic James Stephanie Sterling. Um, 
According to Know Your Meme, the book, uh, the Bugs Bunny image first started making the rounds online in 2016 and became associated with the Big Chungus label in 2018. Since then, the meme has been used across various mediums, most notably in the mock PlayStation 4 game cover seen below. And they don't appear to have actually embedded that anywhere in the article, but um, I guess someone made like a fake Big Chungus box art. I never saw that, but fine. Yeah, I think I, think I did at the time. It was going right. around. Uh, Google searches for Big Chungus reached their apex in early 2019 before rapidly dropping off. Oh, no. But, you know, world of mayhem uh, trying to bring him back, I guess. Um, Not to play armchair capitalist, but it's weird to see Warner Brothers publicly embrace the Big Chungus meme so many years removed from its relevance. I would have absolutely bought a Big Chungus plushie back when it was a thing, and I'm sure marketing professionals could have figured out a million other ways to milk the joke for profit. Now, the Chubby Bugs Bunny is simply a way for the company company to drum up some interest in a weird Looney Tunes-flavoured gacha game that has existed silently for almost three years. But then, I'm writing about it, so I guess it worked. (laughs) Thank you, Ian. Wow. What a world. What a world. In fact, let me send you a, a link to the, the tweet that they've included because okay. uh, there you go. Oh, the world may not be ready for this, it says. So there he is. I mean, that's haunting, I would say, that, yeah. that clip. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I know it takes a long time for these things to be produced and made and put, you know, into, into stuff, games mm. and so on. But it is kind of sad that the meme has already has already reached its peak and has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. And now they're finally ready to announce it. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah. Um, of course, Space Jam. The new Space Jam's coming out at some point, right? This That's year, true. I think. Yeah. Um. So maybe, uh, maybe there'll be a little or big Chungus reference in there. <laughs> It could be. That would be... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the new Space Jam. Are you excited? Not particularly, no. no um, me neither. I'm slightly interested by the notion... I don't even know if this is confirmed or just rumoured that the the baddies mm. are other Warner Brothers properties characters. Oh, their own so, cinematic universe. Yeah, I think uh, allegedly the it's got Pennywise the Clown in it, which what? is... Just not what I would expect from Space Jam. I think maybe... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think now who who was mentioned. But... Oh, The Mask, I think. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if they got Jim... I find it very unlikely that they got Jim Carrey to reprise his role. Because I think that would be... Son of Mask instead. Yeah, Son of Mask, grown up. Uh, and various other haunting characters to go alongside Big Chungus who peeps out from behind the planet Earth. That would make me immediately interested in that film. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it's any good. Still, though, Big Chungus. Big Chungus, he's back in... uh, He's real. ...chung form. And he will get you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got something something else weird there? Certainly have. Mm -hmm. This is Video Games Chronicle from Chris Scullion. Capcom is taking over Hong Kong with Resident Evil Village's giant vampire lady. Oh, God, okay. 
Life-sized Lady Demetrescu adds have a Dim Dimitrescu. I don't know Demi. It's D-I. Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu ads have been mm. spotted in shops and on the sides of buses. Capcom is using Resident Evil Village's enormous witch villain to promote the game in Hong Kong. Freedom for Hong Kong. Witch? Is she not a, a vampire-s? Va yeah, vampire she is. S. I don't know why it says witch, but mm. there we are. She's probably got some witchy stuff going on. I don't yeah. Know. Maybe, maybe it's mixture. an aesthetic. I don't know. Yeah. The game's main antagonist, Lady Dimitrescu, has already become something of an internet sensation due to the various trailers released so far and the Maiden demo released in January. Now the publisher has made the most of this by putting life-sized versions of Lady Dimitrescu in shops and on buses in Hong Kong. The official Capcom Asia Facebook page, page, pager, posted photos of the cardboard cutouts on display in two game hit stores in the region, stating, The world-famous Lady Dimitrescu comes to Hong Kong! Do you want to see how big she is? Uh, well, she's she's nine feet, isn't she? <laughs> well, they've got people stood next to it, is what I mean. Right? Yeah, I do. I do want to see how big she is. I won't even. You know what? I'm going to have to take a screenshot of this oh. because it won't let me right-click on it. Uh, hang on, let me sort it out. Don't go hot link in their images, Ben. No, That's... absolutely. Well, I can't. Bandwidth doesn't me. grow on trees, you know. There we go. There it is, next to a real person. Oh wow! Who has decided to remain anonymous by putting yes. a, an emoji over their face? Emoji face, yeah. She's the big. giant Those, sign. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say they're going to be very. Uh, they're going to be in high demand when the oh, yeah. displays get taken down and the nine-foot cardboard cutouts are going, yeah. going begging. That's exactly what I was going to say. When mm. this eventually enters the collector's market, people are going to be falling over themselves bidding on giant witchy lady cutouts yeah so, there we are the giant sign is close to one to one ratio and over 2.5 meters tall come and compare your height with lady dimitrescu at the following stores blah 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 the page has also posted a photo of a double decker hong kong bus with artwork of lady dimitrescu on the side of it lady dimitrescu uh, of resident evil village takes a bus tour the caption reads <laughs> this lady is three meters tall so you can enjoy the feeling of being looked down on by her <laughs> You are Peter. You can now also enjoy the feeling of being looked down on by her. There is the three meter tall bus lady. Wow, that's... she's massive. So that one is not actual that's not to size. scale. No, no. they just she's made even her bigger. bigger there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it's like being me. I, I really like this new trend of everyone being into to really, really, or this one specific really, really tall woman because that's. That's the life I've been living all all these years. Yeah, um, there you are. That's what Lady I'm saying. To me, ladies, you're all Lady Dimitrescu. Wow, yeah. you heartbreaker. I know. <laughs> Lady Dimitrescu is the main villain in the Maiden demo of Resident Evil Village released in January. At the end of the demo, she appears when the player unlocks the door to the courtyard. She grabs the player around the throat and uses a set of retractable claws in her hand to spear the player. Although she had previously appeared in trailers for the game, Lady Dimitrescu's popularity shot up after the demo, with many flans, 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 Jesus, <laughs> many fans declaring their admiration for the extremely tall, somewhat sexualized villain. Oh, somewhat sexualized. I was going to say, I don't think the developers sexualized her. I think we did the collective internet. Definitely, she's just I... a, she was just being a person. Yeah, we're like, yeah. well, I like how tall she is. She's not. She's not scantily clad. She's in formal wear, in she fact. She is. Big hat. Um, big hat. She's ready for a night on the town or mm -hmm. in a nice restaurant or yes. a winery, perhaps. Mm, and uh, winery. 
a winery. You know that that word winery. Yes, I do. Which I've just made up, but probably exists. Um, I don't know what a winery is. Is it winery you're in? Uh, well, a vineyard. Then let's say. No, it is real. Yeah. What is in a winery? Is a building or property that produces wine. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and then we've just yeah we've I say we like I'm responsible for this. You're mostly uh, responsible for this. Yeah, it's pretty much just me. Come on. Yeah. So there we are. That's it. If you're in Hong Kong, firstly, I hope you're okay, and secondly, Mm, look out for giant vampire lady. She's she's there. She's ready. Yeah, it's probably not top of your priorities at the moment. No, it's not. She's there. But she is there, and that is a fact. Mm, Yeah. There we are. Let's move on. Wow. Yeah, let's. Uh, It's time for another question here. This is from Stuart Studios. Oh, wow. Uh, Stuart says, Hey boys, this has been on my mind quite a bit lately. I have an 11-year-old brother who loves Clash of Clans. I was wondering, with all the advancements in technology over the years, if if you think that mobile uh, the mobile gaming industry would ever catch up to a console and PC gaming. Uh, I put the word ah in there for no reason. To console <laughs> and PC gaming. Love you both. Can't wait to watch the next Resident Evil sleepover stream. Well, I mean... It's at time of recording. We're doing it this afternoon, and whether yeah. Ben and I will be able to string a sentence together by then is anyone's guess because we're doing really well today. I so think far. don't. Yeah, I also not think do think that. Yes, um, uh, they're not all sleepover streams. We should add though, they're just regular no. streams. So no, you're it'll right. Be, it'll be out tomorrow on the VODs channel. Well, yeah. yesterday on the VODs channel. Uh, when this releases, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so... Come on, Mr. Candy Crush, tell me about it. Well, I thought that now, actually, because I think I didn't write Candy Crush as my answer to question one until I'd already written my answer for question three in my notes, but now suddenly I'm thinking, hey, Candy Crush is pretty good. Um, I don't think it will ever catch up with... Well, see, this is the thing. It depends whether... It depends how you measure this, because if we're talking money made, Hmm. I don't know exactly how much the mobile games industry is worth but they sure as hell make a killing if you have a successful app you know um you can do very very well indeed um of course i know that at the time and probably still now uh gta 5 was the this is a fact from a list that i recorded recently it was the first uh, video game mm-hmm. to make like a a, a billion dollars or a million, I don't know how much it was. Uh, an amount. An amount. And when it did that, it also became the first uh, piece of any kind of entertainment media to do it in that time or something. In other words, the video games industry is very, very lucrative if you are top of your game, you know, yeah. if you are doing one of the one of the games, Minecraft, uh, GTA Five, um, man, what are the other uh, Fortnite? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very difficult to say exactly. It, it depends entirely on how you measure it. Is is my answer really in terms of popularity and numbers of people uh, who will. Uh, be engaged in either mobile gaming or console gaming again i i kind of feel like it's 
you kind of live in an echo chamber and me and you don't play that many mobile games apart from Candy Crush when the world goes into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy for us to think, oh, well, you know, it's not it's not like um, going to overtake console gaming. But, if you know, I feel like mums who use Facebook probably play mobile games and dads who yeah, use my Facebook dad plays a lot of Candy Crush play mobile games. So... Uh, I I almost feel like not informed enough to give uh, a good answer here. Um, I think they're in a way they're in their own lanes. Perhaps is probably the the best thing I can say. Um, I think that both will continue to be very very successful. Um, but in a sense, despite the fact that they are both types of gaming, they're sort of doing their own thing. And I don't know if it's if you can compare like for like in the same way, unless you're talking money made. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, they're just too different mm. uh, playing on your mobile and playing on in a, in a home gaming environment, shall we say. Uh, yeah. They're just, for, for mobile gaming at least, it's, it's either inherently for passing time or straight up wasting time. Yeah. There are outstanding experiences on mobile. There's a lot of really cool and interesting games that you and I, Peter, would just never hear about because we don't play those games. We don't play games on mobile, really. I, I certainly don't at all. Yeah. Um, and and we, ju- we just don't run in those circles to hear about them. But certainly when we were at BAFTA a few years ago, uh, there was an entire category with some really, really interesting, groundbreaking ideas, uh, you know, up for awards. And so there's lots of cool stuff that you can do inherently just because it's a mobile. For example, Pokemon Go is a is a game that probably wouldn't really work on anything else. Certainly wouldn't work at home, you know, because you mm-hmm. need to go somewhere. So that's it's only something that a phone can do. Uh, but most games for mobile have to be designed for either short bursts on a commute or sitting on the toilet. They can't really you know be used for for extensive play and there's a lot of uh sort of accessories like you can clip your phone into a weird controller thing and then you've got analog sticks and stuff yeah that's right yeah and yes of course there is warzone on your mobile there is PUBG on your mobile um among us is on your mobile as well so there are a lot of crossover hits and it is a lucrative audience and it is something a lot of developers want to tap into but inherently those experiences are stripped back or they're limited. And that's not because phones can't do it, because they're, the gap is closing in visuals all the time, and phones are getting more and more powerful. But there's just a, an inherent difference between a game designed to be played at home and a game designed to be played on the go. And I don't think there's a huge amount of use in comparing them, apart from when developers see how lucrative mobile games are and in-app purchases and cooldowns and so on things that make sense on mobile but aren't exactly great uh, and they try to apply it to console gaming or pc gaming because they can squeeze more money out of players i think that's the only thing where they will really catch up to each other is potentially games reaching a state where they are so monetized that they are indistinguishable from a mobile game that's free that you have to wait 24 hours for your energy cells to recharge or your Candy Crush lives to come back or whatever, you know? Um, But they're just... Home gaming and mobile gaming are different experiences uh, for different audiences, but that's by design, I think. Yeah, I've got a a quote here from mcvuk.com. According to Microsoft... um, 
the console gaming market is worth nearly three times as much as the mobile and tablet gaming sectors,、mm-hmm. says in this article. So for now, it seems like console gaming, at least from a monetary point of view, is ahead.、Um, but honestly, who's to say how it's going to go、um, over the next ten years, twenty-five years, fifty years?、Um, and these things, yeah, it, it's it's about how different they are right now as things stand. How different they. May or may not continue to be in the future, and where the lines may even start to be blurred. Because, as you say, you can get "quote unquote" console games、uh, or games you associate with pl- playing them on console.、Um, you can get them on mobile now,、um, yeah. and、uh, vice versa. Of course, you can now get games you typically associate with mobile on your console. So,、um, it, it's a very difficult. Question to answer, really, and、yeah. uh, very, an, an even harder one to predict in terms of future、uh, changes. But even then, those big crossover games like Warzone, PUBG, Among Us, and stuff. I think Among Us because it's it's relatively, and this isn't an insult to Among Us, but it's relatively simple compared to、mm. the likes of Warzone and、uh, PUBG. But certainly, those mobile versions of those games are. They're sort of they're kind of fallbacks. Again, they are for people to play when they're on the go and they don't have access to the、yeah. full home console version because the preferable version, the superior version of that experience, would be at home on your PC、mm-hmm. or on your console. The version、yeah. that's on mobile, it exists. It's there. It's probably got a lot of players, makes a lot of money, but it's still not the best version that exists. It is by design simpler and easier. To 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 pick up and play and to then put down because it's on your phone.、Uh, they're just two very very different sects. And while you're right in that they may end up catching up in terms of money's made, I don't think that they'll ever catch up. Perhaps from a narrative perspective or a gameplay perspective, depending on what you, of course you're looking for from a game in regards to gameplay. Yeah, neither one's ever going to replace the other. You won't get God of War、other. on there. No, for example, <laughs> no. you won't get anything like that. You won't get a Halo Infinite on there. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It just you know, look at all Nintendo's outputs on there. They're they're largely runners or or stripped back versions of their far more popular games. You want the full version, you got to get the console. You got to play it at home. Yeah, and they're not going to usurp each other, even if、uh, technologically speaking, things do get better for mobile and and you start to be able to play some full versions of games on mobile. Just be, because of what you say, you know, like no one's going to want to replace the fact that you can play mobile games on the go. Or you can play console games on your sofa. They've got their own. They've got their own niches. So they're yeah. yeah, they're different beasts. They are. Peter, it's time to move on to something large. Are you ready? Something large and discussable, I would say. Well, perhaps so. Perhaps it is time for the big conversation. Oh. It's not the big conversation, Peter. I was lying. It's the big discussion. Oh, so it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, got you. Got you. It is time for the big discussion this week. It comes courtesy of Callum Story, who says, "Hello, boys. I wanted to get your thoughts on this article from the Guardian. Do you agree that 2021 could be a particularly weak year for new releases due to the ongoing repercussions of COVID? I know there aren't many AAA games that I'm hyped、um, that I'm hyped about right now, and any delays could shorten that list further. But does that just mean we should be turning our focus to the indie market for a year, or should I look to my backlog of existing games to get my fix instead?" Hmm. Uh, we, should we should we read a little excerpt from the article in question? 
Yeah, would you like to do that, Peter? This is, I should have cited, it is it is from The Guardian, but it is fr- written by, where is the tab? Uh, Keza MacDonald and Keith Stewart wrote this. Wonderful. I'll try and actually be able to read and say it. Let's have a go. <laughs> UK consumers spent more on games last year than ever before. Roblox, a gaming platform popular with children and teens, saw an 85% uptick in players and, sh- uh, and shares in the company recently rose 60%, increasing its value to $47 billion. Last year's games were great too, from lockdown saviour Animal Crossing New Horizons to the provocative horror game The Last of Us 2 and the knockabout multiplayer caper Fall Guys. Um, I think you'll find it's called The Last of Us Part 2, actually. Um, how and, um, embarrassing. Uh, but... 2021 so far is depressingly devoid of exciting gaming experiences. Since new PlayStation and Xbox consoles were launched last November, there's been almost nothing to play on them, and due to supply issues, many thousands of people still haven't been able to even buy one. Usually, March is when the first big games of the year start to appear, but this time, there's been very little. Mm. Thank you, Guardian. That's a great point. Yeah, um... I would definitely agree with that in terms of, uh, for one thing, I felt a bit different this year, or I should say last year, really, when, or yeah, start of this year, when we talked about our top five games we were looking forward to this year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a little video about that. Um, there was a sense of, I found it easier to choose, but only because I wasn't, I didn't feel as spoilt for choice as I quite often do when it comes to those. Um, I think I, if there was a sense that there were fewer offerings and for very obvious reasons. We know that lots of things have been delayed because of uh, COVID or games that you might have expected by now to have a firm release date. They don't yet have one because uh, of the uncertainty and maybe they're kind of hedging their bets and thinking, oh, well, we, were, we were aiming for 21, but let's just not say that yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so... I mean, it, it's ironic, really, given that we're in the first year of the latest generation, because, uh, I mean, th- there might be a, a rush later this year. So all the things that might have been uh, that were perhaps initially planned to be releasing in uh, winter, spring, maybe they'll start to come out in summer and autumn uh, and, and uh, the winter at the tail end of 2021. Um, but it it does feel funny to have a new console generation and only a limited number of games to play. Um, I know that in terms of launch titles, it's not particularly unusual for a console to launch and for there to be, you know, only a handful of things to try. You should know. You've been playing through all sorts of launch lineups, and quite often they're a little bit thin on the ground in terms of quality experiences. But I would expect by the end of the first year to have had some really big hitters released and at the moment there are only there are only so many really i've not answered any question there i've just kind of reiterated what <laughs> callum has said but uh, in other words i completely agree with your sentiments and um what should you do i mean you could you could certainly turn your focus to the indie market if you're feeling like you want something that's relatively fresh that you've not played before then by all means go check out the indie market there's some great stuff there um, yep. But in terms of your backlog of existing games, there's no harm in going back and playing old stuff. Or maybe you've got um, uh, stuff that you bought and you only, you know, were able to give it a, a, 
a short bit of your time before perhaps something bigger came out and you had to stick it on the sideline. So uh, it's definitely a good time to go back and see what you've missed uh, or perhaps replay something that you really enjoyed. Um, but uh, I, I think it's going to come down to as things start to ease and as things start to move again in terms of production uh, of video games, both in terms of actually making physical copies of stuff and being able to ship it and also you know the actual development process of these things, uh, we will have to see whether there's going to be a sudden release of all kinds of things, uh, perhaps in the second half of the year, or if uh, it's going to be pushed to 2022, some of these uh, highly anticipated titles. Yeah. yeah. Lots of indie studios have been equipped to sort of weather this a bit better than the the larger developers, the AAA developers in particular, who are used to all working centrally. A lot of indie studios are satellite studios anyway, so they all yeah. work remotely. They don't really have a central office, and uh, those that do have a central office, due to the nature of their, uh, should we say, the scope of their projects, perhaps not being quite as uh, elaborate or requiring as many people to be involved, yeah. they have been able to adapt to working from home a little better. Um, but yeah, so many games we've seen delayed. What that does mean is that 2022 is going to be insane for games. Yeah, that's what I it's mean. Gonna yeah. Be absolutely bonkers uh we've already had back for blood recently delayed uh, further back into 2021 we'll see if that ends up releasing this year gotham knights destiny 2 the witch queen gran turismo 7 hogwarts legacy all delayed to 2022 uh-huh. uh, a number of games i'm not entirely convinced are going to hit 2021 god of war ragnarok halo infinite and far cry 6 will they will they come out this year i don't know they're being pretty quiet about it same um, with the uh... I think my number one when we talked about our anticipated games, I, I surprised you by choosing Lego Star Wars. The uh, yes, yeah, Skywalker that's another saga. one that's been delayed. That's right? it's a big talking point in the 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 fandom. Oh, um, okay. Of both Star Wars and Lego, people are saying, "Oh man, they've not." It's supposed. To, it was supposed to be first or second quarter of the year, and they've not really right. They've not given a firm release date yet, so it looks like it's going to be moved. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Out this year, though, we do still have Horizon Forbidden West, mm. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the yes. new Pokemon Snap, Resident Evil 8, Deathloop, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and of course, any other stuff that's announced, because there are games in development that haven't been announced, uh, you know, hundreds, thousands even. Yeah. So there could well be something that's announced at a sort of E3 uh, time period proxy event. Where they just say, "Oh yeah, we're Bethesda, and here's the Elder Scrolls 25. It's coming out in November. It's actually coming out. We've nearly finished it." You're like, "Well, what happened to the Elder Scrolls Six? Like, Don't worry about yeah. it. We're on 23 now. Um, so that could happen. There may be more games coming, but all of those games are confirmed for release. Probably, I'm not entirely sure when Horizon's out, but I, I think Ratchet's maybe July or something. And we don't really have anything else beyond that." So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I like Callum is right in that there's while there are things to be excited about, there's not a huge amount, especially as a lot of the big games have already been delayed, and we're probably only going to hear about more delays as the year goes by. I don't think um, unless unless I'm not googling the right thing, but um, I don't think Forbidden West has a release date. It's another one of those that at the moment. Oh, is it just they're just saying twenty one? But it's you know. 
Yeah, currently on Wikipedia it says quarter three or four, 2021. Right, so that might be another one then. Yeah, there's a lot of that happening right now. It's like some of them haven't committed quite to saying it's delayed, it's going to be 22, but they're just sort of, by now you might have expected a specific date under mm. normal circumstances and they're just sort of not doing that. So, um yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be another one then that gets pushed. Who, honestly, who knows? It's, uh, it is an unprecedented time still, and things are beginning to return to some kind of normality, but we're still a long way off, and the repercussions of this are going to be felt for a long time. So, yes, support indie studios, mm-hmm. support... Uh, you know, studios that have battled through and been able to release their games probably after delaying them. Returnal is out soon, and that's been delayed previously as well. Yeah. Uh, and also get on that backlog. Go and do it. May's going to be a really busy month for games. There's so much coming out around May. Yeah. And then, you, and then you've got all the time in the world again mm-hmm. as things continue to get delayed. So. And you're yeah. right. It's exciting that, you know, as much as it's sad if and when things do get delayed, at least it means that you then have a very saturated 2022 um, mm. in all kinds of uh, media as well. The film releases, I'm sure, are going to be huge in 2022 and TV shows and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine there'll be a bit of a boom just in terms of people going to theme parks and restaurants and, and stuff like that uh, at some point in you know late 21. Um, mm. when people are allowed to responsibly of course let's all of do course. the right things but uh, it that would be a, a nice bit of good news if it ends up happening maybe people can't afford to but um, you know hopefully there'll be a big flurry of spending once people um, are, are free to do so because it's yeah. been so long since we've been able to absolutely start saving up that cash now mm. Yeah. Next year is going to be really expensive. Yes, if you're if you're a fan of films or games, because they are all coming out, yeah. all of them. So hopefully that hopefully that's something to look forward to. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, that year when all the games came out. So we will see. But there we are. Of course, let us know what you think about this and everything else we've discussed in the comments or tweet us or however you want to get in touch. Peter's going to tell you a few ways you can do that now. You can find our content on YouTube and Twitch. That's youtube.com and twitch.tv, both forward slash team triple jump. And uh, we stream there as well as put videos out on YouTube. When we're streaming, we're modded by Lord Rotovich, Madstadactyl and Trowling Badger. And remember, uh, if you watch us on Twitch, which you should, um, you can uh, redeem a benefit as part of your Amazon Prime, which you may or may not have, which gives you a free Twitch sub as part of that. So you can spend that mm. on us and get all the usual benefits. We've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com, both forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. The Patreon is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you go there and uh, sign up, you'll be able to ask questions on this podcast. And there's different tiers too. You can get early worst games ever. You can get personalized video messages from Ben and I. Oh, that's one we don't Ooh. always talk about. Um the Discord you can get to with a handy link, bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe, keeping it safe and lovely and happy there. Thank you. 
The podcast, if you are watching on YouTube, is available in audio form uh, at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. The website is triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. If you go to triplej.mup forward slash vods, you can see uh, that'll redirect you to our vods channel on YouTube, where Pat puts out weekly highlight videos and all the vods get uploaded uh, as and when. Uh, but don't go to the old shop on that old triplej.mup. Go to no. the new one, which yeah. is triplejumpshop.com. Dedicated website. Uh, we've got that. It's no longer new merch. It's been out for a while, but you should still check it out. It's really good. And uh, there will be more merch in due course. And the best thing to do to stay up to date with that is to follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter. Yes. Absolutely. You can also follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday, Wednesday, question mark, and Thursday. That's right. What? Three lists. Streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube. Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. It is a worst games ever week. Yes, it is. Yeah. We recorded one. I forgot. We did, mm-hmm. we did it. <laughs> uh, the, the podcast is every Saturday and we do shows one every other week or thereabouts. Why not leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Peter, what's coming out this week? Uh, oh, goodness me, this week, well, as well as Worst Games Ever that you just mentioned. Uh, how much do you want me to say about this? It's, this the video's out now. It's so out can... now at time of release. Okay, well, you have unboxed a very special PSP. It's yeah. a, a wonderful Hannah Montana version. It's like it's like the post some tat days, but you're tatting yourself yes, now. I did. I tatted myself. For... You've tatted yourself. I don't know why it was cost a lot of money as well. Yeah, I know. I I saw it's a lot how much for a joke, for... isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But it's a hey, real commitment to the bit. Uh, um, you yeah. know, that's fine. Uh, also, this week, actually, we we re-released yes. the Resident Evil ranked video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emphasis on the on the re. Oh, Resident Evil release. Yes, we did. We had a a YouTube issue because YouTube is great and does good things, right? Can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? Yes, great website. So that came out again this week, even though it was initially released last Sunday. Yeah, Um, but do watch it again if you've watched it already. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Don't skip any adverts, please. No, it's a good list. and uh, you're right, we've got three lists a week now, so uh, we've, we've been slowly building up a big backlog of finished lists, and it's high time we started putting them out more regularly, otherwise we're going to be swamped with lists. I'm already drowning in them. Yeah. So, uh, so there we are, you'll get three from right. now on. Uh, not um, this week, though, because we had to re-release Resident Evil. But yeah, well, next we week, still got you three, will. but it... Yeah, it's slightly it, different. It, it's it's still the same thing, isn't it? So yeah. um, there we are. Anything else? Well, that, that's what's come out this week um, okay. and coming up next week. We've got a what this means to me uh, from Phyllis. Yes. yes, we have. Yeah, yeah, we got a few of those in the in the works at the moment. Some exciting stuff. So yeah, look yeah. look forward to those. Well, Peter, there's just enough time to run through today's sponsor one more time before we disappear. Yes. Um, oh, delicious. Tuck in. Di- throw away your popcorn and your mm. crisps and your nuts. Uh, treat yourself. To some Monster Hunter eyes. Ooh. Delicious. Chewy. Oh, a bit too chewy, actually. Oh. Oh, oh no. Ugh. Oh, no. Oh. This one's still attached to a monster. What do oh, I do? Oh, God. 
No, I think it's attached to a monster hunter, though. Surely, if it's monster oh. hunter eyes. Oh yeah, maybe you know you're right. Yeah, it's it the is. eyes of the hunters. It's the yes. thrill of the fight. <laughs> it's a very, very bad karaoke version of that song. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go now, everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekends if you're in the UK. If not, <laughs> suckers. Sucks to we'll, be you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 